This week on Champion Church Fort Worth, the podcast. It's Guest Speaker Day, and Pastor Brian Saffel from the Fountains Fellowship Church of Crowley, Texas, is bringing us a message of faith and risk paired with the story of Peter joining Jesus on the water. As Peter learns in this story, faith without risk is not faith at all. If we focus on Jesus and go where he tells us, we have nothing to fear. Here's Pastor Brian. It is an honor to be here with you this morning. I'm excited to be here with you uh, at Champion Church. And I'm excited about, man, I just love your pastors. I love Pastor Nicole. I love Pastor Sam. It's been great growing in that relationship with them. And, and here's the great news today, Pastor Sam. With prayer and, your, and a little time, your face is going to get better. Amen. I'm out of luck. I got what I got, but I want to talk to you this morning about some things. When I was growing up, I, I'm kind of an older cat. I'm kind of an uh, older guy. And so when I was growing up, we actually did things outside in groups of kids. You ever watch Santa? Anybody ever remember when you were kids actually going out and doing things with your bunch of neighborhood, you know? And I lived in Pearland, Texas, which is down by Houston. And, and we rode with our little hoodlum gang on Ray Street. All right? And, and I tell you what we did. We didn't play baseball, but I tell you what we did do. We rode our bikes because we had a hero. And, and remember back in the day when everybody had a hero? And we had a hero. And that guy, this guy was awesome because what he would do is he would take motorcycles. And he would jump over like, like buses and, and semis and water fountains and all of these wild and crazy things. His name was Evil Knievel. And we loved Evil Knievel. Let me tell you how much I loved Evil Knievel, all right? As a child, I loved Evil Knievel so much that I had a white blue jean jacket. And I had a pair of white bell-bottom pants because bell-bottoms were cool then. Yeah. Skinny jeans. <laughs> and so without my mom's permission or her knowing, but eventually she found out, as mothers always do, is that I took some markers and I went and I made my own Evil Knievel outfit. And so when I would go out, I would wear my own Evil Knievel outfit with my little gang. And, and it was me and my brother and a bunch of guys on Ray Street. And we would set up ramps and we would jump over stuff. We would jump. And, and man, we just had a blast riding our bicycles and doing incredibly dangerous things. And, until one day they announced that Evil Knievel was going to great jump the Snake River Candy. Anybody remember that? Yes. It wasn't much of a jump, really, was it? <laughs> but we got really excited. And then we had a really great idea because where we used to run, we would, we would ride our bikes. There was a, there was a hill, the, the field that we ride our bikes, there was a hill that it went down. And, and what we would do is we would ride our bikes as fast as we could as last minute. We would just turn and then, ooh, you know. But there was a big creek down there, a huge creek. And so Evil Knievel was going to jump the Snake River again. So all of our guys decided, you know what we need to do? We need to jump the creek. And all of us were like, yes, this is the best idea ever. We're going to jump the creek. And we all, man, in our hearts and our minds, we just knew this was going to be the most awesome thing ever. And so what we did is we, we didn't have a fancy ramp, and so we went on a scavenger hunt, and we, we came back, and all we were able to come back with were two two-by-fours and a piece of plywood. And so what we did is we stuck the two-by-fours in the mud, 
on one side of the creek. Now, now let me let me explain to you what this was. The creek was at the bottom of this, and so it was about 18 feet across. All right, and there was a creek, and there was mud, and you know, and there was a drop. All right, so it wasn't like we were jumping over a ditch. All right, we were jumping over, and so then we took two pieces of uh, of, of two by four, and then we took and we laid plywood on top of that. And that was our ramp. Engineering at its best. Ooh. For a bunch of 11 to 8 year old kids. And so here's what happened. And while we're doing this, we're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. We're going to jump the creek. This is going to be just like you. You know, we're just going on and on and on and on, expressing how much, how excited we're. And so we go back to the top of the hill and we look down at the ramp. And the question comes up, who's going to go first? <laughs> And, and, and the, all of them, all of a sudden, I was the youngest. And they all looked at me and they said, you've got the outfit. You've got the outfit. You need to go first. And you know how really, deep down in my heart, I wanted to be first. I wanted to do this. And so here's what, so what they did. They said, we're going to meet you on the other side of the creek. Such confidence. They thought I was going to make it. So they went down and got on the other side of the creek, and they started going, yeah, they're yelling, they're cheering, they're screaming, and I'm, and I'm sitting up there on my Western Auto bike that I had. Had the big white banana seeds. Had the high handlebars. And I'm looking. And deep within my heart, I'm thinking, i got to do this. This is going to be I want to do this. I can't wait to do this. And I'm holding and I'm looking. And they're like, come on, man. And we're like, come on, shut up. Second, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. And so I took off. And I started pedaling as fast as I could. And I closed my eyes. And I pedaled and I pedaled and I pedaled and I pedaled and opened my eyes. And it was not there yet. And I pedaled and I pedaled and I pedaled and I pedaled. And I opened my eyes and it wasn't there yet. And I pedaled and I pedaled and I opened my eyes. And at that moment, I hit the ramp. <laughs> Our engineering was not as good as we thought it was. And I don't know if you know this, but a piece of plywood is flexible. And so next thing I know... I'm looking, and my bike is going this way because it had just catapulted me into the stratosphere. And the last, the last vision I have is my bicycle. I'm like, hey, my bike is going. And then things kind of went dark. The next vision I have is my brother shaking me because he knew that mom was going to beat him for making me go for it. Going, Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And then I kind of open my eyes and, and I'm spitting mud out and, and, and my bike is literally stuck in the mud. He said, are you okay? I said, yeah, yeah, I am. I was good, man. I want to kill me. And I said... Was it cool? <laughs> and all of them broke in, into a chorus of how awesome. Oh, you should have seen it. You were coming down, and then you bite, and there's one, and then you and then you smacked into the dirt. It was awesome. <laughs> and I became the hero of Ray Street. Because I did it. 
I was scared. I was anxious. But I did it. <laughs> and see, there's some of you who are here this morning that there's a still small voice inside of you. You haven't given your heart to Jesus Christ. And, and this voice is speaking to you, and you're thinking to yourself, you've watched other believers around you, and they're living attractive lives, and, you, and, and, and you've watched them as, as when even life wasn't going well, that they still had hope, and they still had joy. And you watch them, and you say, man, I, I want to do it. I, I, I really, I, I really would, would like to do it. And you're struggling with that. And there, there's some of you here who are believers this morning. Listen, I know that you want to be a champion for Jesus. And I know that you want to make a difference. And I know that, that, that your desire is to, to love God and to serve people. And, and, you're, and you're like, man, I, I really, really, really want to be more intimate with Christ. I really do. But how do we do it? How do we do it? How do we move, how do we move from that place of, of a desire to a place of action. We're going to look this morning in Matthew. It's going to be in Matthew chapter 14. We're going to look at the life of, of, of a disciple named Peter. And, and I mean, I can relate to Peter because I've got a mouth that goes off before I even before I even think about it. Anybody feel that? You know what I'm talking about? Brother Sam can attest to this. Sometimes things just pop out of my mouth. So I can really understand Peter sometimes. And so we're going to look at at his life, and in his life at a time where he had an opportunity, and he took that opportunity. He did what only one other human had ever done. And so look, let's look at that this morning. Now let me give you a little background on this, this scripture passage. It's Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. I want you to understand what's happening. First of all, here's what happens. Jesus just found out that his cousin, John the Baptist had been beheaded. Okay? You tracking with me on that? Mm -hmm. Yes? Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. But still he was surrounded by 5,000 people who needed to eat. So he put aside his own grief, and he went ahead and he fed 5,000 people. After his ministry, after he'd gone through that struggle, and after he'd fed those 5,000 people, so what he decided to do was he needed to go refresh and regroup. He needed to go and spend time with the Father alone because Jesus knew how valuable it was, just like we know how valuable it is that we spend time with Jesus alone. Sometimes we just need to back the truck up, and we need to go sit down, and we just need to hang out with the Father, right? And that's what Jesus said. Listen, you guys... Get in the boat. I'm going to go pray. And we're going to chill. We're going to relax. And I'm just going to get refreshed. And I'll, I'll hook up with you guys later. So here's what happened. Here's where we pick up the story. Beginning in verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. You know, sometimes life can be a little dingy. See what I did there? <laughs> sometimes life 
can be difficult. Sometimes life, it, sometimes doesn't it feel like that, that we're adrift? We're adrift in our insecurities. We're adrift in the, away from safety. We're, we're a considerable distance from the land being buffeted and beaten around by the waves. Isn't it, isn't it sometimes that's the way that we are? We just feel like we're kind of drifting out there and, and life is throwing curveballs at us? Yes. And we tend to think sometimes, listen, man, if I could just get that, that, that job, man, if I could land that job, then my life would be incredible. You know, you know what? If I could just find that special girl or that special boy, or I could just run with that circle of people, I think, then, then listen, my life would be good. I, I know none of you have ever said this, but man, if I could just win the lottery, <laughs> my life would be complete. But it just doesn't work that way. If you could get to the shore of your choosing, man, everything would be fixed, right? Sometimes that's how the, the, the way we think. But listen, I want to tell you this morning, sometimes life is tough. Sometimes you wake up and half your face is numb for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> right? right? Life is tough. We're buffeted by the waves. We're buffeted by the wind. Life seems to be full of those ups and those downs, and, and it just seems to be sometimes that we're caught in a series of crises. Yes, yes. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Yes. Yes. yes, This world that we're in is not the world that God created. It's fallen, it's messed up, it's jacked up. It's not the way that God intended for it to be. Listen. Sometimes we get confused, but, but I want you to hear something this morning. In John chapter 16, verse 33, here's what Jesus says. In this world, you will have trouble. It happens. It really does. In this world, we are buffeted. In this world, we are uh, seem to be a distance from the land. In this world, you will have trouble. But aren't you glad that that verse doesn't end there? But it goes on to say, but take heart. Because I have overcome the world. We've got to realize, we've got to recognize, we need to understand that our security is not based on our ability. It's not based on our resources, but it's based on those of Christ. They're based on, on what He has. And in Ephesians, you know what it tells us? That we've been blessed with everything we need, every spiritual blessing because of what Christ did on His resource. It's not our stuff. It's not our job. It's not our 401k. All that stuff is going to go away. It's not the relationships. The only real security, the only real security we have is that relationship with Christ. Hey, that's all we need. And life can become so much sweeter when we begin to recognize that. When we get stressed out about things that really won't make a difference a thousand years from now, we can, we can remember, listen, he's all we need. Yes. God, God's got our back. He, he's on our side. He's working for us, and he's not working against us. Life is hard. So then, so then how, do we, how do we simply follow Christ in a world that's out to get us? Because trust me, it is. It's out to get us. How do we do that? Well, let's see. Let's move on. During the fourth watch of the night, <coughs> Jesus went out. Verse 25, you with me? Okay, verse 25. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. 
when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Who wouldn't be? Okay? It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. How many of you ever been on a boat in the, at night? It's scary. I used to go run trout lines and go, yeah, I'm a redneck. Okay, I used to go run trout lines and do all that kind of stuff. It's a scary thing now. So imagine they're, they're sitting in the boat being buffeted, and all of a sudden they look up and something's coming at them. Something. What would you think it would be? Why didn't they know who it was? Here's why they didn't know. Because they weren't looking for Jesus in the unexpected. Listen, we must look for God at work in the unexpected. We need to be looking for God in the unexpected. They were terrified. They were, they, they were terrified because Jesus showed up in a way that they weren't expecting at all. They didn't anticipate Jesus showing up like that. They thought that Jesus was going to get in a boat and meet him on the other side or, or that they would go to the other side and pick him up or whatever, but they never thought that Jesus would meet them in that way. We have to look. We need to look for Jesus in the unexpected. Too often we, we, we don't do that. Many of us, we're just the same way, don't we? We, we? we want Jesus to fit the way we want Jesus to fit. But very rarely does Jesus show up the way that we expect for him to show up in our lives. We, we sometimes want to take and we want to place God inside this box of what we're comfortable with. And we, and we try to limit what, what he wants to do in our lives. We want him to work within the venue that, that we're still comfortable. But that's not how it works. When Jesus does the extraordinary, listen, it should not intimidate it. It should encourage us. Notice what Jesus said in verse 27. Here's what he says. But immediately Jesus said to them, take courage. Anytime Jesus shows up, you can take courage, right? It is I. Don't be afraid. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Listen, our desire should not be for, for God to fit into our plans. Our desire should be that we fit into His plans. Yes. That we work with Him where He's at. To join Him, to see where He's at work, to see where Jesus is working, to see where God is at work, and go to where He is at work. We must seek to join Jesus where He is at. Now, Peter, Peter realized that the best place to be is where Jesus was. Okay? Get the picture. Buffet, wind, boat, disciples in the boat. Jesus is walking across the water. Where's the most logical place to be if you're on the water in the storm? In the boat. Right? That makes the most logical sense, doesn't it? But what does is, what is Peter say? <laughs> I don't care what logic says, Jesus. If you are there, if this is really you, I want to be where you are because I know that that's the safest place to be. No matter what my mind tells me, no matter what, I know where you are is the safest place to be. So as Peter did, we need to see Jesus working. We should join him. We should jump in to where he's working at. We should join him in what he's doing. Notice what Peter did say. This is, this is funny. If that's really you, let me join you. If that's really you, if it's really you, 
Listen, I have no problem. We, we should always ask before we judge. I think it's wisdom to think about things before we just do them. I think there's something to it when we want to make sure that it's Christ and that it's what God wants us to be doing. Because can I, can I just be real with you guys this morning? Yes. God gets blamed for a lot of stupid stuff. Yes. The Lord told me to. I'm not sure he did. I'm pretty sure he did. We need to be careful. That's why it's so important, guys. That's why it's so important that as believers that we're walking in that daily relationship with Christ. That's why it's so important that we are founded in God's Word. That's why it's so important that when the Holy Spirit speaks, we know what He sounds like and we can follow His direction. It's important. Now, for those of you who haven't begun a relationship with Christ, let me, let me just say a couple of things to you real quick. Any voice that is speaking to you that is telling you that you're not good enough, or you're not worthy enough, that ain't him. That, 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 that's not him. Any, any voice, listen, any voice that's telling you, listen, if you would just get your act together and if you would just do better, then God would like you better, that's, that's not him. That's not how he works. Any voice not pointing you to the love and to the grace and to the hope that is found in Jesus Christ is a voice you shouldn't be listening to. It's important that we listen and make sure. Now, here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. God always desires for us to join Him. Always. Notice what He says to Peter. Peter, you're being a fool again. Just stay where you are. I'll be there in a second. Is that what he says? No, I love this. And I know, I don't know this to be true. I'm guessing this to be true. But I'm pretty sure Jesus had a pretty big grin on his face. Oh, Peter, you want to come out here? Come on with your bad self. Come on. Come on, he said. Get on out of here. Wow. And Jesus said, listen, he didn't deny Peter. Listen, he didn't deny him. He said, come on. He said, come on. You can do it. Hop out. If you've never trusted Christ and asked for forgiveness at the cross offers, I want you to understand a couple of things. Because it's difficult sometimes to think that Jesus wants you, but I want you to understand that Jesus loves you and Jesus really does care for you. If you, if you, have, ever, if you have ever doubted God's love for you, then you need to look to the cross. If, if you've ever thought for one moment that God doesn't care about you, then you need to, to look to the cross. Because the cross tells us that God does love us, that God does care for us. And so if you've ever doubted that Jesus wants you where he's at, then you need to look to the cross and embrace the fact that he's done everything he possibly can to bring you to where he is. He's done everything cross was an open invitation for you to come, taste, and see that the Lord is mm, mm, good. He's good. The Lord is good. So for believers today, hear me when I say this. It's, it's not about, it's not about our ability. You thought I'm going to say availability? No, it's about your obedience. It's about us being obedient. Peter said, can I come to where you are? Jesus said, 
Sure, come on. And now Peter was at a place of, now what? Now what? Let me tell you what. Here's what happens next. Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. He put his faith into action. We must step out in faith. We have to step out of the boat. Did, did Peter love Jesus? Did he follow Jesus? Would he still love Jesus, follow Jesus if, if, if he stayed in the boat? But he would have never walked on water, had he? Puts one foot over and the water holds him up. Think about this. The waves and the buffet. And he holds on to the other side. The boat's still jiggling. And then he lets go of the boat. He starts walking towards Jesus. How incredible is that? Faith without risk is not faith at all. Faith without risk is not faith. He put his faith into action. He did. Peter got out of the boat and he headed towards Jesus. Likewise, we have to do the same. If we see Jesus over there and Jesus is calling us to be a part of what he's doing, then we have to do what? We have to step out of the boat. If this morning that that still small voice that is talking to you that you don't know that the Holy Spirit yet is saying, listen, come on, give me your life and I will give you more than you could ever imagine. Amen. And hope and love and grace. You're going to have to take that step. Faith is a verb. It requires us to act. The step of faith, listen, the step of faith should always take us in the direction It should always take us towards Jesus and what He's doing. Always take us. Our faith will challenge us. It will call us to sacrifice. All of those things. But it will always move us closer to Jesus. And so Peter got out and he began to walk towards Jesus. But then what happened? But when he saw the wind and the waves, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Listen. Fear will always be a distraction. Fear will always be a distraction. I want you, if you're, if you're focusing on fear, it will always cause you to sink. I want you to notice something about some of the scripture here, though. Notice that the scripture did not say that, that, that the waves were overcoming him and the wind was blowing him down. It just said he noticed them. He noticed them. Why? Why did he notice them? 
because he took his focus off of Jesus. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the uncomfortable. Fear of what we think would be the unsurmountable. So often distracts. Oh, we can't do that because... And Jesus says, listen, focus. Focus. Because here's what happens. When we focus on Jesus all of, and, and who he is and in the power of history, remember who overcame the world? He overcame in the world. So there's nothing in the world that can take him down. There's nothing in the world that can beat him. Even death. Even death on the cross, because even when they tried to kill him, and, and they killed him, and he was in the grave for three days, what happened? He got up. Can't nothing beat him. And so, and so, when you get distracted, refocus. A lot of things in this world will try to, oh no, this is you're not capable, you're not good enough, you're not big enough, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough smarts, you don't, listen, can I? If God can use me, He can use anybody. I promise you. Anybody. All the stories I can tell you about what a goop that I really am, okay? I'm on this platform today. I want you to understand this very clearly. I'm on this platform. Listen, Sam's on this platform today. Not because Sam and I are awesome. Because God is awesome. And so, and so when the waves and, and when, when the storms, and listen, in this world you will have trouble. There's going to be storms. There's going to be waves. It's going to happen. But the great thing about it is we've got Jesus. Amen. That's right. and, I, and today, if you don't know Jesus, guess what? Today you can have Jesus. Yes. I love this story. I want you to notice he began to sing, but he wasn't sung. Right? The waves weren't overcoming him. The waves weren't blowing, the wind wasn't blowing him down. And notice he began to sink, he wasn't sunk. And he cried out to Jesus. And I know that it went something like this. I know that same grin that Jesus had when he said, Come on. I know. I don't think he scolded Peter. Oh, you little faith. You know, like a I imagine Peter, why'd you doubt me? Get back in the boat. And I don't know this, but I'm pretty sure if I've hung around enough dudes that when Peter got back in the boat, those other disciples started laughing. Dude, that is so funny. You thought you were going to be the big man? Get out and walk on the water, my boat. And then you went down and done that. Jesus had to rescue you. And they're laughing and pointing. And then Peter looks at him and says, listen, but guess what? While you were in the boat, I was walking on the water. I was walking with Jesus on the water. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? Notice what it says in verse 32. And when they climbed back in the boat, the wind died down, and those who were in the boat worshipped him. Who? Jesus? Saying, truly, you are the Son. Sometimes our faith leads other people to worship Jesus. And you know what? That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that why we're here today? Yeah. We're not here to feel good. We're here to, to help people know yeah. the hope and the joy and yeah. the grace that is found in Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes. When we act in faith, other people... Wasn't it Jesus who said, If I be lifted up, what? 
I will do the drawing. You do the lifting, I'll do the drawing. It's important that we understand. One more quick story. When I was a youth pastor, because uh, I think we all have to be a youth pastor one time, right? Um, I went skiing. I was going to go skiing. And me and one of these, one of the girls there uh, in my youth group whose family adopted me and my wife, it was a wonderful thing, her name was Joanna. <coughs> all the way up, we kept saying to one another, we're going to ski the black stops, we're going to ski the black diamonds. Yes, get on the black. If you know anything about skiing, the black diamonds are the most difficult, most hardest, most incredible. Only the great skiers can ski those and all the way up. We're driving for 27 hours in a bus going, back, 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 down. We're going to kill it. And so guess what? We get there and we do a couple of runs on the blue runs just to get loose. And then we go over to the black runs and we go up and we're watching as we're going up. The gondola. And people are doing this and they're going out. I'm going, that's us. We're going to be killing it. And we got to the top of that ski slope. And it was really steep. <laughs> and there were a lot of moguls' pumps. And we were scared. And so we began to ski down real slow. And we would ski a second, and then we would fall. And then we would ski a second, and then we would fall. And we got down to the end of that, that run, that, and it took us forever. And we were cold, and we were wet, and we were tired, and it was miserable. And so I looked at Joanna and I said, you're right, let's go do it again. And we got back up to the top. You know what we did? We just threw it to the wind and took off down the slope. And it was a blast. Some of you this morning, some of you <laughs> are believers and you're walking through your Christianity where there's a great slope and a great ride in front of you. And you're stuck sitting up there going, I just don't know. I really would like to, but, but man, I don't know. Some of you this morning have never given your heart to Jesus Christ. And today the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and saying, listen, follow me. Give it to me. And I will give you more than you can afford. But here's the thing, you've got to get out of the boat. You've got to turn loose. You've got to let it go. This morning, if you'd like to give your heart to Jesus Christ, we're going to pray a prayer together as a church. And if you pray that prayer with us, and you believe it in your heart for the very first time, today, you're getting out of the boat. And you're going to Jesus. And you're going to find hope, you're going to find love, you're going to find grace. It's bigger than anything that's going on in your life. Let's bow our heads real quick. Everybody head bowed, every eye closed. Church, I want you to pray this really loud with me. Just repeat after me. And today, if you believe this with your heart, if this is the first time that you want to pray this and you want to believe this in your heart, today, the Bible says you will be saved. So church, let's pray about Father God, I know I'm a sinner. 
I know that you died on the cross for my sin. Please forgive my sin. Please forgive my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Still, everybody. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, you won't just lift your hand up and say, I gave my life to Jesus. There's some of you out here this morning that are believers. And you're sitting in the boat and Jesus is over there. And you're saying to yourself, I want to. I really want to listen. I want to encourage you. I want to pray over you this morning and encourage you to get out of the boat. Look, look for Jesus in the unexpected. Okay? Look for him in the unexpected. Join him where he is. He's, he, he loves that. Act on your faith. Act on it and, and, and stop being handcuffed and borrowed and held back and bound up with fear. Enjoy the life, the black diamond life that Jesus offers this morning. I'm going to pray over you this morning. You're saying, listen, that's, I'm in one of those three places. I'm not where I ought to be. I'm, I'm working towards something. I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. Or, or listen, I just, I, I'm just stuck in my walk with Jesus. That's you this morning. Would you just lift your hand and say, I just want to be better in walking in my relationship. I want to jump out of the boat. I want to be where Jesus is, doing what Jesus wants me to be doing. If that's you this morning, would you just lift up your hand and say, I want to be more where Jesus is. Let me pray for you this morning. Father God, you see these hands this morning. You see the fear that surrounds them. And Lord, this morning, would you give them eyes that see how much bigger you are than all of their fears? This morning, would you show them how, how much stronger your love is than, than, than what anger and what unforgiveness or whatever it is that is holding them back this morning. Father God, this morning, would you set them free? Would you give them the strength, the courage, and the power? Holy Spirit, strengthen them today to get up and to get out of the boat and take them to the place that you want them to be, to do what you've called them to do, and to enjoy not just for their benefit, so that others may know you. Through our faith, may we lift you up. Father, this morning, we thank you for the hope and the grace and the peace that we have to you may put your hands down. And all God's people said, Amen. That's all we have for this week's podcast. Come back next week for the final message in the How to Survive the End of the World series. Have a blessed one.